Hello and welcome to This is a Token with Alex Munro, the podcast that celebrates all things jewellery. I've spent most of my life designing and making jewellery, but what really interests me is what it means to other people. This is a podcast where we ask our guest about the jewellery they cherish most of all. We'll explore the moving, fascinating and often surprising stories connected to each piece and those emotional bonds that we just can't do without. My guest today is the fabulous Tasha Guri. Even though we've never met, I feel like I'm already best friends with Tasha because she's my all-time favourite contestant of Love Island, which I am a big fan of. But there's much more to Tasha than Love Island. She's also a dancer, a model and a campaigner. And there's so much to talk about. Obviously, there's her time in the villa, her dance, her work with Deaf Kids International. And she's the first ever eBay pre-loved ambassador. And we're big on sustainability here at AM Industries. And she has a new podcast series called Superpowers with Tasha. She's also a massive style icon and she really does have a superpower. Tasha is deaf, so she wears these brilliant and beautiful hearing pieces, which I hope we can talk about too. We're going to put all that information on the podcast website, so no time to waste. Let's get right on with the chat. We're joined today by my daughter, Connie. She's a big Love Island fan too. And Esme is on the sound recorder. Say hello, Connie and Esme. Hello. Hello. Thank you for being my very special guest on This is a Token. Welcome, Tasha Guri. I was round at my youngest daughter's. She's moved out. She's in a flat with all her flatmates. And I was like, oh, I'm going to be interviewing Tasha. It's like, oh, because I really love Love Island. And they were saying, oh, he just would teach you some young people things to say. <laughs> he wrote a list. <laughs> and they say... Slay Queen. <laughs> <laughs> like, Slay Queen? I'm like, yeah, that isn't... <laughs> I do say Slay quite a lot in my life. I don't, so, I don't. Like, my kind of sleigh is what, um, you know, they used to do in battles in the olden days, not, not anything new, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so excuse me if I'm a bit of an idiot. It's fine. <laughs> Good. Also, I'm terrible because sometimes I just talk too much. It's absolutely fine. Dad, you're really setting yourself up. Usually he's much more confident than this when he starts a podcast. You got yeah, this. Got yeah, this. You okay. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Well, I don't know about you two, Esme and Connie, but I had a crisis because... Because you're kind of such a fashion, a fashion guru. <laughs> I was like, mm, not this jumper, mm, not this bear. And then I wore my white um, Vecca trainers because I tried my blue ones on. Okay. And it's like, it's like normally I just pull on some scruffy because I'm in the workshop a lot. Mm. So I just pull on scruffy old stuff. <laughs> but I have a little crisis when, when a kind of stylish person oh, well, is no, coming in. No, no, not at all. Like, you know, I think even with me, I feel like I have pressure to like even dress quite well. There's days where I literally want to go out in my dressing gown, my trackies, and just not even care. So it's just like, yeah, today I'm like a chill fight today. The minute you get in, are you trackies and sloppies or... Oh, 100%. And yeah. like, I come my pyjamas, like trackies. Half the time I just look like a mess, if I'm, if I'm honest. So when we're watching TV, my wife always says, says, if something's written by a man, it's like a woman will go out, you know, all gorgeous in her high heel shoes. 
And then when she comes in, she goes into the kitchen and she pours herself a glass of wine and carries on walking around. And it's like, if she doesn't kick off those shoes and put on some trackies, my wife says, that is written by a man, because they don't know <laughs> how uncomfortable that is. And it's like, anyway, I always dress scruffy, so I don't change when I get in, because I just look like this pretty much all the time, Akon. Yeah, I get, I've, yeah, by the pair of us are covered in dog hairs now as well. <laughs> yeah, um, we get covered so in dog no hairs. There's no point. I change five minutes later, it's covered in mud. Esme, did you have a clothing crisis this morning? I, I'm actually wearing a pre-loved outfit today in honour of Tasha coming in today because I love second, I love secondhand clothing. It's like one of my favourite yeah. things love to do. That. So it's um, it's like a patchwork kind yeah, of black cool. and white. Lovely, dress. lovely. Yeah. Um, Tasha, can we talk about your superpower? Because mm-hmm. I love the way you talk about your hearing difficulties. Mm-hmm. You were born deaf, so. What did that mean to you? Could you tell us that your journey from being a, a young child? Um, well, obviously, I was born completely deaf into a hearing family, so it, was, it wasn't genetic or DNA. It was just come out, came out of nowhere. My parents found out when I was like 12 months old, so it was kind of a bit later on. Um, and, yeah, I did hospital tests, and they were like, OK, she's deaf, and I had to wait until I was five years old to have a cochlear implant. So hearing aids are so different to a cochlear implant, so hearing aids are there to like make things louder, amplify sounds, whereas cochlear implant is surgically done. The surgery takes about seven to eight hours and it's a very complicated procedure because you're basically cutting gross and there's too much information, <laughs> but you're basically, the back of the ear gets cut open and is that wires in there, magnet, there's also an internal part as well as the external part. Um, so yeah, it's... Very, very complicated, but it's amazing how it works. And how yeah. it works is that when people, like any kind of sound travels, it goes through the microphone at the front and it goes through the wire to the magnet and it recognises it as sounds and that's yeah. how it transmits through. So it's very, very clever. Like yeah, how, so it's like yeah. it's like an electronic ear, really, I suppose. Yeah, that's the best way, yeah. Um, I guess you must hear things slightly differently. Mm. Um, when I was a little kid... Um, I used to spend my summers up with these two old ladies and sometimes they used to have dinner parties and um, I would like chat too much like an excited kid and one of the older ladies made me wear her hearing aid for an evening to say this is this is what I can hear Mm. so when you're scraping knives on a plate or if two people are talking at the same time or if you're scraping your chair back it makes these awful I'm sure they're much better now but it was quite useful, actually, to be taught how someone with some hearing difficulties face the world and then how you could be a little bit more considerate about yeah. that. Yeah, I think, you know, I think back in the day, technology was so different, like yeah. you said, and unfortunately I couldn't wear hearing aids. Hearing aids don't benefit me, so I was pretty much deaf until I was five and I had to do speech therapy after I got my cochlear implant because my speech was, came very late on. Even to this day now, I still sometimes struggle with some words and stuff and my speech sometimes goes a bit, like, slurry, I'm like, eh. Um, but, yeah, I think growing up was kind of hard as well because I was the only deaf student in my high school as well. Mm. So I think, especially when you're a teenager, you're kind of trying to figure out who you are as a person and trying to, like, understand where you fit in and stuff. So I think, as a teenager, my mental health really took a battering because mm. I was just constantly wearing my hair down. I wouldn't talk about it. I was very introvert about it as well. And then I always say this, the dance industry got me more confident about talking about it because dance industry is so diverse and so much representation and you can go to class you don't get judged and it's kind of a place where you feel safe it's kind of a place where you really kind of just 
express yourself because dancing is about expressing who you are and you know through movement your emotions and yeah so that's why the dance industry massively gave me that platform where I could really just be myself and mm. yeah I think since I left high school that's kind of where I started to get my confidence and to even talk about it you know I know so for me it was like I found my place in the in the art room and it actually it was more sort of making things so it's pottery woodwork and then jewelry that gave me my place in the world and gave me an identity and made me feel comfortable and and I suppose performing arts was where you found yourself but I think that's quite remarkable because you would have thought if you had any insecurity about your hearing Mm. performing arts would be quite a challenge because there's subtleties in in beats and rhythms and music and maybe people are calling instructions and stuff um did you feel that when you started doing dance and performing arts or did you just was it like home for you the minute you started i think it's just home yeah yeah i think you know back in the day obviously stats were iconic back in the day they're still iconic now and i basically used to put on like princess outfits and princess dresses and my dad used to put steps on the tv it's at the um, the dvd like all the music videos like in one go and i used to like follow the steps like on the tv like the dance moves and then my dad and my mom was like let's just take her to a dance class at a local yeah. dance studio called butterflies in my old hometown and that's just kind of where it started and i think actually it helped my hearing because i think i had to learn to understand music I feel the music through my body like the ba- the bass of vibrations yeah. so, that, so like half the time I don't really know what the lyrics are saying so yeah. I can feel it and I always get asked like, how are you so in time just like practice and training and I've been trained as a dancer for so many years I went to yeah. professional dance college dance uni and when you're training I train different to other dancers so I kind of go off the choreographer by sounds if they go like okay so we're gonna go boom tap tap boom kitty car I, th- I hear that in my head to the music and that's kind of how I align it whereas with counts I find it harder with counts because it's numbers and I'm a bit like I can do it but I still find it a little bit harder whereas I prefer it if someone's like okay these are the sounds I can hear out the sounds um but yeah it's just always been home for me I love how every different person has their own place that they feel safe and they understand. So with dance, I love dancing. So I'm, I'm like what you would call like a, like a free-form dad dancer, you know, where I... To Connie, has my dancing? That's really good. <laughs> no, shut up. Be honest, be honest. It's like... You've lo- got confidence. I love dancing, but, I, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not good. And the, the thing is that if someone shows me, because I really like TikTok dances, and then when, I, when the house is empty, I like trying to, to like, copy the TikTok dances. But my brain can't sort of see and think rhythm and shapes of the body. It's a real struggle. It's like a, it's like a foreign language. I, mm-hmm. I really don't get it. But when it comes to visualising things, so, for example, if someone says a number to me, I see a shape. Mm-hmm. And I think other people might think of a number, but I see a shape. If someone says five, I see the shape of five. Yeah. So it's like our, all our brains sort of can, can handle things in different ways and you work in different ways. And that's what's so beautiful. I think being my age, the problem was that when I was at school, there wasn't much acceptance of the different ways that brains can mm-hmm. see things. And everyone's got their way through, haven't they? It's just like allowing each person and valuing each of those different ways through, mm-hmm. which I suppose is quite a lot of your work and what you're doing with deaf kids is is saying this is who you are and you should be proud of it rather than it's a it's a problem and a difficulty and if anything the problem and the difficulty is often with society not with mm-hmm. not with that person isn't it yeah it's true I think you know growing up I feel like 
I feel like I did have a good time in school in terms of like the teachers understood, but I still felt excluded because like even though I was different, I felt like I was different. Whereas now I feel I'm not different because you know the more I educate people about it, the more people are like okay, she is just human. She's just got something a little bit different that's special about her. That's all it is, and that's why I'm using my platform now to keep breaking down that stigma and breaking those boundaries and. Yeah. There's such a stigma around like disabilities and you know I don't like the word disabilities that's me personally yeah. people have such different preferences and that's why I go by superpower because that's just how I feel empowered by it um, but whereas somebody else with superpower might like to be called you know a disability and they, people have different preferences but yeah I think back in the day it wasn't really accepted but I think now it's starting to make a bit of a turn like for example TV shows are starting to break down those boundaries a bit more and it's nice to see more rep- representation on TV because I never had that when I was younger lucky enough yeah. and I was like there's no one on there that's like got hearing impairment or you know it's in a wheelchair like nothing like that and I think now it's good that it's making a turn but it should have happened so many years ago yeah. it should have been normalised and to the point that even I used to model for ASOS and I modelled some earrings and that went viral my cochrane implant was on show like it was viral like Bangladesh like America it was like crazy and in my head I was like this is great but at the same time it shouldn't be that big of a surprise yeah. if that makes sense it, it, it's got a long way to go but we're getting there you know So my first um, memory of a deaf person was in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Oh, yeah. And, and it's so cute because the guy is cute, intelligent, successful. The girl fancies him. It's like he's totally, he's a totally rounded sort of figure. And I guess, I don't know, I guess they're doing BSL, which you learned before you had your implant, didn't yeah. you? And um, it's just kind of like a normal thing. And that film, I guess, was back in the 80s or something. It's, it's an old film. Yeah. I mean you know Hugh Grant's a young man in it and it feels like there was that and then there was nothing and then and then mm. you came along onto Love Island which is just brilliant yeah. um I do want to talk about um your cochlear implant because I've seen photographs of you I saw one and there was a bit of sort of chain and I wondered whether to what extent it is jewelry for you mm-hmm. and decoration before we started this I was saying me and Connie have little issues with anxiety <laughs> and nerves and that kind of thing so I, I kind of get quite anxious and nervous and um and I wonder if that comes a bit from perhaps being a little bit different when I was younger and and then then I found my place but um, how come you like even applied to go on Love Island? Because you are then in the blaze of publicity. So from going from this little girl who had hearing problems, who had a di- bit of difficulty fitting in, you're being watched by how many millions of people watch Love Island? Like lots of millions of people, right? The- I think the most we had was like eight million. Eight million. Season, I mean, yeah. like how and why? What happened? Did you? Did you see an advert? Did you apply? So basically, um, I nearly got onto another TV show called Too Hot to Handle on Netflix. And there's another TV show on BBC called I Like the Way You Move. And it was like a dance dating show. And I was so close to actually taking it. And they're like, we really want you. And I was like, I had that feeling inside me. of like, no, just wait, just hold on. So I turned that down. And the producers on their shows also work on Love Island. Yeah. So I got a message on Instagram saying, you know, 
would you like to apply, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, sure. But I still went through the same process as everybody else did. And it was a long process. It was like from January. We didn't find out until two weeks before I went on. Like, that's how. Wow. Like, so it was kind of, it was wow. crazy because I was working as a model. And in the moment, I kind of had to take a big risk of like, okay, do I leave my modeling agent and just take the risk? And yeah, luckily I, I took that risk and went on the show. So... Um, but even going on the show, you could, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. You could last a yeah, few days, day, yeah. or or you could become, you know, quite a, a big mm-hmm. sensation. So I guess when you're on the show, do you feel that eight million people are watching you? No. Yeah. No. You're just there in the moment doing what you're doing. And, yeah. yeah. Like it's crazy. Yeah. I remember when we first walked in, I just remember seeing all the cameras and I was like, it felt like I was like in a Sims like yeah. game or something. <laughs> yeah. like, it is kind of like that because you're kind of thrown in, you don't see anybody in there. Our day to day life was just Idas and video producers and it's like you're so disconnected from the outside world, you have no idea what's going on out there. It's just everyone in there and you're just so in the moment. And I think the first few days was hard to adjust it because you know when you're even like when you're walking past like the camera like follows you and you're like I literally can't look at the camera. <laughs> we do stop Tasha stop looking at the camera. I'm like, sorry, I'm still getting used to it, but eventually it becomes your normal normality, yeah. your reality. Sure. But yeah, I think even before the show, I was trying to use my platform as much as I could. When you had like 17k followers on my Instagram, but I was still trying to use my platform. And then when I was given the opportunity to go on, in my head I was like this is the, the chance for me to actually make a big noise basically yeah. about it and you know I, I wanted to find love which I did with Andrew yeah. and then I wanted to raise awareness so I did both of those You've things on the those. show yeah so <laughs> but, but how weird like I thought how weird that on day one I'm sorry if I get this wrong because I've got really bad memory and I'm really bad with names it's fine. but um on day one the public kind of matched you with Andrew yeah and then that was it I mean it's like it's like what are the chances and and how weird and I don't know if it makes me feel like the public are just so savvy or whether it was just pure <laughs> luck or what but but actually, your season, there's quite a few couples that are still, yes. you know, that, that's really worked, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I think even my mum and dad put me and Andrew together. We were in the public, like, with the well. And I was like, and Andrew's granddad did, like, it was crazy. And I think, I always forget that the public put us together and, like, we had such a journey in there. And I'm, we are grateful for that journey because it's made us where we are now. And all, some couples are still going strong, like, yeah. like in Davidae and India and Dami. They're still yeah. going well. We see India and Dami pretty much. A lot of times they live near us. I literally. Are you all, you all mates? Buildings. And so you kind of barbecues around at each other's houses on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> when I say bar, we live in flats. So we have, okay, like, all right. Well, well, barbecues. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit cold for barbecue at the moment. But um, yeah, yeah Dami was around last night. We watched the final, and yeah, like I made such great friendships out of that, out of the villa, and yeah, it's so nice to see all the couple doing well. Yeah. Because you know when you're in there it's such a different world but to see couples work on the outside world it's like yeah i feel like we all went through it together and it's like it's nice to see that everyone's just flourishing no it is lovely although i've got i have to admit that one of the things i like because i also love married at first sight australia you want to watch that for all the kind of you know all the fighting and the people doing the dirty (laughs) rounds that's why i watch that you know sometimes i'm really into cycling and you do want the occasional crash i shouldn't say that on 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 my (laughs) podcast but so what i loved about um, married at first sight i've got um i love all this stuff on tv the real things about relationships understanding people it's about being vulnerable or trusting or knowing when not to and how to talk how to express Mm -hmm. your emotions 
And so I am in therapy to this day, trying to get rid of some of that shit that the old sort of 1970s keep it bottled up sort of things give you and so it's really refreshing and really intelligent I think things like Love Island so yeah definitely so, that's yeah. why I was like I'm because like even like um, on Love Island it's, like, it's nice to even see like the men be vulnerable on there like especially like Andrew he yeah. had so many emotional moments but it was, it's nice to have that to normalise it and there's yeah. this thing around stigma especially around men to you know keep it bottled in be a man like all this kind of stuff and it's like it's nice that actually shows like that shows it is okay to be emotional and vulnerable and even me like I walked in a completely different person to when I walked out that villa I learned so much and grew as a person whilst I was in there because I learned how to communicate I learned what was not okay I learned what was okay I learned how to deal with emotions and a lot of other things that you really are tested in there as a person not just in relationships so it really was a journey and you learn a lot of things. Yeah, sure. yeah, it's great. So we've had some brilliantly funny podcasts. We had, I think, Olivia Coleman was the best because she bought her dogs. Oh, I've yes. got two dogs. Connie bought hers. So we had something like six dogs. That was the best podcast. Oh, I loved that. They were like... I got to hang out with all the... Because all the dogs started barking. So every time anyone out came outside, the dogs all barked. The, the delivery men came. The, the bin men came. <laughs> it was like... It was chaos. So um, tell me about your podcast. And so, are you enjoying it? Are you in the middle of recording? And when's the release date? That's the most important thing. So, yeah, my podcast is called Superpowers of Tashin, and we've got, like, amazing people on there. So my whole point was there's no kind of podcast out there that has, like, real empowering people on there that, you know, I've had people on that are blind, non-binary, and knee injuries, alopecia, mental health, and it, it's just about real people sharing their stories and to help other people out there going really really well and um, it was meant to be released like a few weeks ago but because we're adding subtitles on because obviously yeah. the deaf community can't ignore that so we're trying to um figure that bit out and hopefully some other bits are helping with the podcast so hopefully very soon but we filmed like seven episodes already and I enjoy it because I'm quite a chatty person and it's really nice to sit on the other side and hear even these stories like inspire me because it's like wow like it's, it's just incredible and it's nice to share like amazing stories basically yeah great it's good fun it's quite a privilege doing a podcast isn't it because you meet these amazing people and um, you hear all these great stories and it's like it's a very very nice little time because we're just sat here chatting as well aren't we so it's yeah um <laughs> I was gonna ask about your work with deaf kids because yeah. obviously you are now a big inspiration to not only to kids who have hearing difficulties but also to their families to to think oh this isn't going to be a problem this is something that we can yeah. that's going to be a special thing that we can kind of uh, yeah. we can deal with and 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 have a good time so your ambassador for um, deaf kids yeah. how do you get on is it really nice to meet the kids and kind of chat through and feel like you can contribute and and perhaps that's an area that you didn't have on offer to you when you were younger yeah so I haven't actually met any of the kids yet that's something that's gonna happen this year but even before I went on the show I was raising money for them even if it was like 800 pound or 200 pound I was giving as much as I could so we already had that relationship before I went on the show and it's actually funny because when I came out the show I said to my management I was like okay deaf kids hit them up because I still want to work with them and they replied saying, we were worried that Tasha had forgotten about us. And I was like, oh. no, I'd never forget about, you know, 
relationship that I've already made and they're a very small team of like five to six people, very, very small. Um, but the work they do is just incredible, you know, they work in low income countries and these kids are more vulnerable to domestic abuse, they don't have access to cocker implants, hearing aids or even just a doctor to have their ears checked. And, you know, that's what they're there for, just to make sure they have that they can provide that. Um, so yeah, it's going really, really well and I'm hoping to go actually go to visit them at some point this year. I'm also going to um, so basically my cochlear implant is registered with Medal Global, so that's where my cochlear implants are made from. I'm going to Austria to visit the HQ to see wow. where the cochlear implants are made, so that'd be wow. amazing as well um, to see how it all works and how it's all made. So yeah, when I came out the show, I was like, my biggest priority is to do something I'm passionate about, which is mm. my cochlear implant, and keep doing that work. And yeah, like getting getting to work with an amazing charity like Deaf Kids is just. Well, we'll put all those links, um, and and anyone who has any personal experience or has been affected by any of this, everything's going to be on the website, so we'll put all the links to that on there. So your implant, Mm. you can wear it or not? Yeah, I can take it out, yeah. Do you have more than one? Do you have different colours for different outfits? Or, or, you know, how does that work? Like, have you got, got, like, a case at home, you open it up and go, (laughs) hmm, gold spangly one? (laughs) Yeah, I do have different colours, yeah. I like to change it up every now and then. And it is kind of like a little case, to be fair, like you said. I've got different colours. It's nice that I can change it up and not keep it the same. Mm. You can also have, like, stickers. So, like, design stickers that are, like, online. And sometimes I just wear stickers on top to change up a little bit. Um, there's, like, jewellery out there now that do, like, cocker implant jewellery. So the other day I wore, like, the dangly chain, like you said. Yeah, I saw that. It looked really nice. So we're designing new collections at the moment. And um, you, a listener, you can't see because I'm sort of I'm showing um, Tasha. Uh, I'm sort of holding the, the bit between your top of your ear and the bottom of your neck. But we're really obsessed with using that part of the body. Mm-hmm. And so, if you can have like chains and things, it kind of just fills and uses that bit because you know we don't just want to do something around your neck and then something on your earlobe. We want to kind of use it. all that. Oh, and, yeah. And we're really keen on, on like using the whole ear, which is why I really like those cochlear implants because they, they fit in really nicely. I mean, it's almost mm-hmm. like you could almost design jewellery that would be almost the same if you, even if you didn't have hearing difficulties. But. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think it's, it could be used as an inspiration to um, nice, beautiful ear jewellery. And yeah, like, yeah, so I could take it out as well. I had the best sleep ever. Like, literally take it out every time I go to sleep. Andrew can snore his head off as much as he wants. I'm just gone like a light. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about whether Denise snores or not. She does, she snores. <laughs> but I could do with that myself sometimes. Thank you for doing the podcast. We're going to show you some jewellery. I was really interested in showing you these ones because I really yeah. like the way they kind of go up the ear and then hang off. And I thought they might really these suit you. Stand out to me. The so this is the new collection. Yeah. It's not out yet. And it's called um, Dolce Vita because it's all sort of southern Italian. I just wanted to show you those things because 
normally we would say come down to the shop and choose a nice bit but I thought you might like something from this one because it's kind of quite gorgeous it's quite kind of tropical as well anyway just showing you that you for fun I'm moving I'm moving the cakes out of the way which isn't fair we normally eat the cakes like after the podcast we're like in there you say goodbye and then we're back up here and we're like yeah. oh, <laughs> tell me about your jewellery yes yeah, so I actually wear same jewellery every day do you yeah they do, do, do you don't need my fingers. Right, lovely. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so my necklace, um, this is actually gifted when I came at the show. So it's TNA for Tasha and Andrew. And That's so nice. It's so dainty. Where'd you get it from? Dana, Dana. Right. Yeah, it's like gold, yeah. Yeah. Um, so sterling silver is, um, is a type of silver. So each metal needs to have something mixed with it to make it a bit stronger so if it was just pure silver or pure gold it's very soft and it would wear so sterling silver is 925 parts silver with 75 parts other things like copper in it to make it a bit harder and then gold you get nine um in the uk we get 9 18 22 24 karat gold yeah um that's really nice can we take a snap of it if can you take it off yeah sorry to make you get all your jewelry off but um So that's really nice. So it was made for you as a little, little like, oh, thanks yeah, for being on. So I just love a little <clears throat> detail in. I like, I'm very kind of dainty. It's beautiful. Jewelry person. And I, wear, I never so take it off. Nice. I go in the shower with it and everything. Like, it just doesn't leave. That's so nice. It's so beautiful. what we'll do is, it's 14 carat, which is like a more popular uh, metal in the US. The nice thing about 14 carat is it has quite an antique sort of mm-hmm. um, colour to it, doesn't it? And it's made up of, of dots. So it's a chain, and there's a sort of dotty kind of T, and a dot, that's not a very good T. I'm not very good experience. <laughs> and I'll a dotty that's bubbled. A. <laughs> it's bubbled, isn't it? Yeah, it's really cute. And the chain is so gorgeously thin that it just sort of sits there. I love how the letters are on the chain as well. They're fixed on the chain, so they don't clunk together. And there's quite a nice analogy, because sometimes at a sort of wedding or something people talk about oak trees and how they have to grow a certain distance apart to flourish if they're too close together they suffocate each other and can die yeah. and I think that's quite nice with those two because they're a little yeah, they're together little, but not yeah they represent me and Andrew that's why I oh, love it a lot so. that's lovely it's so cringe so no it's not cringe that's <laughs> not, that's it. our stock and trade that's what that's what as a jeweller <laughs> a little bit of cringe pays the bills <laughs> No, we like a bit of cringe. I love the spacing as well between yeah. the Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? It's a bit different. Yeah. It's yeah. Perfect. And then you've got nice finger yes. uh, decoration. I love the fact that people wear lots of nice rings now. They're all silver except for one that's platinum. So there's actually stories behind them. So yeah, this go on. is um, my best friends. This is sterling silver. I'm just going to explain, um, Tasha. It's a, it's a heart on a band. So it's a. But it's a beautiful heart, so it is like a like a realistic heart. It's not like a kind of caricature heart shape. It looks like a, an actual heart. Organ. It's not like it's not like spooky though. No, or, no, it's cool. You know, it's kind of cool and nice. And it's on a it's on a band and oh, a little bit squished. Yeah. But, but it fits and it works well. I really like that. It's really nicely detailed, actually. Yeah. So my best friend's got it for my twenty first birthday. And I've just worn it ever since. Don't, doesn't, it feels like they're with me kind of thing, so that's why you can tell, like, my fingers. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You've got a little, a little mark ready. That's really nice. Um, so the, one of the things that I really love about jewellery is that, like, you can give someone something and it's sentimental and it's nice, but there's not many things that you wear that's actually on your skin and with you all the time. Yeah. Um, but jewellery, you're out and about with it. So I love the fact that you said it's like your friends are with you all the time because quite often when you're out and about, there might be 
challenges or you might question things. And if you've got something, if you can just twiddle with that ring, it's like, oh no, my mates have got yeah, my back. That's what I did on the show quite a lot. Oh. My friend said to me, wear the ring if you're feeling down or if you're feeling upset. So I'd wear it for the times that, you know, just let them know that I'm okay. And it's kind of like a signal message to each other. All your pieces are about love, aren't they? That's so nice. <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah, that's so, it's really pretty too. So it's, it's a nice choice. We're going to take a snap and, and just so that our listener can see on the website that'd be nice. So that's one ring. Yeah. So this one is Tiffany and Co. This is sterling silver. So mum got this for my 18th birthday. And I got a matching necklace as well. Oh, um, Tiffany and Co. They're just the masters, aren't they? Yeah. It's just great. It's just simple. Um, I can wear it every day. Something sentimental as well. From my mum. Tiffany jewellery is just classic. So what can you say about <laughs> Tiffany? When I met my um, my now wife, I didn't have any money at all. And um, I thought it would be really nice to buy something from Tiffany. So I went along. The only thing I could afford was a pack of playing cards. So I thought, but at least it's something from Tiffany. And that's all I could afford. So I bought it, gave it to her for Christmas. And her face lit up when she saw the bag. But the light went out when she saw it was a pack of play cards. It was like, but this is all I can afford. I've made up for it since. <laughs> That's really nice. It's a great piece. Yeah. Absolutely classic. As good as jewellery can get, isn't it? Yeah. Tiffany? The necklace that I've got literally matches it as well. So I can just match it. I like matching jewellery sometimes. Yeah. What's the necklace that matches it? Is it the, um, just the, um, the beanie, the, the kind of bean thing? That, or or, or a circle. Oh, it's a circle, yeah. Yeah, it's literally, literally pretty much this, like that. All oh, right, super. Yeah. Simple, stylish. Yeah, yeah it's great. Like flat. Great. And then this is one that Andrew got me, so it's platinum to Tiffany as well. <laughs> and it's got three little diamonds in it. Um, super dainty and obviously sentimental as well, so... So what did you call this ring? Because um, if a guy gives a woman a ring, there can be some awkwardness because it's like, oh no, this is, is this a down on one knee ring? Or is this, you know, <laughs> like how do you, how do you give something? So yeah. And how do you kind of talk about this ring? Is it like a... So we say it's kind of like a promise ring. So yeah. when Andrew gave it to me, it, he said, this is a promise that one day I will be on, on the knee giving yeah. you a proper ring. And because he wants to save up and give me, give me a nice ring. Yeah. Like, this is just for the time being kind of thing. Yeah. You know that one day like I will marry you and I will you know give you the ring that you want so like we see it as kind of like a relationship that's bonded between us two we see it as one day the future is going to be an engagement ring yeah and so it's like a, it's, it's a commitment ring it's, it's just really sweet and it's yeah. nice that jewellery jewellery fulfills that function isn't it so it's a so because it's one thing saying something but it's another thing having a physical object that illustrates so like your friends it's lovely if your friends say that they love you and care for you if they give you a ring you've got a connection to that mm-hmm. at all times and, and having this ring you have a connection what finger is there a traditional finger for a promise ring to go on put it on the yeah, yeah. on on the on yes. the finger on yeah. the finger <laughs> <laughs> that's really handy so when it comes time for the real ring then he'll know the size yeah <laughs> guys, we have lots of sweet guys coming in wanting. Um, they've got such lovely stories. Wanting engagement rings, and often we do the. We showed you downstairs how we do the bespoke service, so we, how we hand make something. Yeah. And the guys come in and they're really nervous because obviously it's the kind of thing you only do once in your life. Um, well, hopefully you only do it once. Sometimes more, but it's really nerve wracking. And we kind of say, yeah, we can do this. Like, what size is she? 
and the guys always go, well, she's about your size or something. And we have to say, no, 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 that doesn't, like, you, we doesn't need an actual, we need a finger, yeah. we need a ring size. I don't think I know Denise's ring size. So what we do when we have customers is we have their left and right hands because it's different on each hand. Yeah. And we, we trace them and then we write the size of each finger. And then we keep that on file so that in future years... Idea. we can just you know depending on what finger you want something That's for we've so got the smart. exact because it doesn't really change yeah um, true. um nice rings um tasha you are the first ambassador for ebay yeah. and we're really big on sustainability here so we have a repair service mm-hmm. everything we trace all the materials we use um, but it's really nice because quite a well-trodden route from Love Island would be to get a contract with one of the big... I'm not I'm not judging. Like, yeah. everyone got their own ways and everyone needs to make a living and there's lots of good things about it. But we tend to lean a bit more on the sustainability. So we are into repair and recycle is kind of what we want to do here with our jewellery. And you yeah. seem to have done that. And you're the first one to have kind of been high-profile saying, actually, you can get repurposed pre-loved clothes that are going to work really well and you buy them and wear them yourself don't you yeah I do yeah so I think coming out the show it felt like eBay was the right brand for me and I did have other clothing brand deals but I said no because it wasn't about the money for me like you can offer me one million pounds and I'd be like no actually it's not for me because it doesn't align with me I wanted to work with brands that I actually align with that I'm passionate about so with eBay it made sense because the clothes that I wear and the fashion that I wear is like eBay's so wide there's so many different yeah. brands on there I could work with and play yeah. around with sustainability as well is so important out there even before Love Island I'll go shopping down Shoreditch Brick Lane Vintage like even as a dancer so dancers dancers have their own fashion as well so yeah. like when you go to dance class you see all the dancers in that car goes cool tops hoodies and yeah. stuff so it kind of stemmed from that as well but um, yeah like I just love shopping like especially when you find pieces I'm obsessed with like vintage bomber jackets I just have a thing for like big size big oh, size yeah. bomber jackets and I just love when you find that one piece and it's like no one else is going to have that kind of thing that's what I like about it so I absolutely love that I think it makes shopping so much more fun because you're actually using your eye and imagination and you have to do a bit of work mm-hmm. to put together your look that's very individualistic I think if you just were to buy it off one of the big websites it's like you just buy a look off the peg and I feel it's a little bit less mm-hmm. or can be a little bit less imaginative and certainly it's not so much fun because you don't get that <laughs> discovery thing do you yeah. um, but when I was at uni uh, we were kind of really into that sort of I suppose it was a recycling of 1950s look. So we had quiffs and peroxide at the front of our yeah. hair. And it was all about the big American, uh, you know, like the kind of college jackets. Yeah. And I found one in um, Camden Market with an A on it. It was so cool. And then I got it and I, I used to wear I felt like a million bucks. I had my jeans rolled up and my little <laughs> espadrilles. And, um, but then one night I spilled curry sauce down it after the pub. Oh, I couldn't yeah. get it out and I was so Aww, sad I should have kept that yeah, jacket yeah that, that, that looks a bit like vomit as well the curry sauce yeah, did, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> on that bombshell <laughs> I'm going to say um, Tasha thank you so much for thank giving you. up your time I know how busy you are and it's been a real pleasure to have you come along and have a chat so thank you thank you for having me everyone. thank you thank you Thank you for listening to my podcast. If you'd like to see some of the pieces we've been talking about or for more information about any of the issues we've discussed, 
please check out our website and follow the links to the podcast page. You'll also find information on how to share your own stories, give a bit of feedback, or have a look at all the jewellery-related things I've been up to recently. We've also got some great jewellery-making tutorials on our YouTube channel. There's lots to see. Just go to www.alexmonroe.com. Thank you.